All right. Well, I hope you've had a good week. Um, I know that's a broad question to ask so many people, but um, it's uh, this week I've enjoyed reconnecting with some of uh, some people I haven't seen for 20 years or so, even uh, by email. I've just been reconnecting. And one of my closest friends, actually, from my um, late teens, early 20 years, and we really pursued the Lord together very, very strongly. I just, I've stayed in loose touch with him, and he's in the US now. And um, he um, actually, God's really using him in a big way over there. And he's always had a lot of favor. Uh, but I was just reconnecting with him this week, and, and actually another couple of guys as well who were in the same same age group and we're all sort of um, hungry and seeking God together and it's been so interesting to see both of those guys are really prominent leaders um, actually in Tennessee right now and um, and so I've just been thinking about that and dwelling on it and thinking isn't it incredible the journey God takes all of us on you never know where you're going to be in 10 years time uh, 20 years time and um, but the journey that we play out now, the investment that we're making into our spirits and our lives right now is a good investment. Today is a good investment for you and for me. And um, God will use it. He'll, he'll use it. I'm sure a lot of you can look back on 10 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe 30 or more years ago and, and just see God's hand just brewing upon you and training and, and teaching and, and building in you who you are today. And... Um, I was also in touch with James Gohl, who most of you will know. Um, but James, he's having a, quite a, a bad time of it at the moment with the back um, uh, operation. So he's at home a lot. So I knew he'd be on email and contactable. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll use that as an opportunity. But anyway, so James, uh, he very much um, remembers us and, and loves this house. And um, certainly it just continually gives us encouragement and just those little prophetic insights sometimes it's not a big prophecy per se but there's just little themes that he um, is able to share with us and so apostolically we like to do that we like to sort of um, you know get a, a cup of our little pool and just dip it into a very large pool sometimes and come and and drink of that so to speak um, and uh, and so I suppose that for me is is um, refreshing, and but it also uh, washes over all of us too, and uh, and so I sp- Aldinga is part of that because James was one of the uh, voices who encouraged us that there's a there's a, a second plant, a second version of us. I think he called it coming. Now that was many years ago. He spoke that, but so today is a real fulfilment of apostolic vision, prophetic words. Um, and and a whole lot of things, but even a even a heritage for this house, and um, it's quite an exciting day. And and I was again just dwelling on um, on one one of the guys who I was really closest to. In fact, we we got so close and so keen for the Lord after reading um, the like uh, like a mighty rushing wind, the Indonesian revival of the seventies. We read that book and. He was out at Paradise at the time, 20 years ago, now influences, and he, he bought 50 copies and just gave it to anyone he could. And, uh, and then we took two or three, uh, two weeks or something up, up the centre of Australia and we had a couple of days, just no talking, just fasting, and we were really intense back then. Um, and, um, but anyway, so he, he now leads a church of 4,000 um, 
and has four or five church plants and, and has some very prominent people sort of connected with. And, um, and I was just dwelling on that, what a blessing that investment has been in his life and in my life and in a lot of other people's lives over the years. And investment in a short amount of time is a good thing. But compounding is such a powerful thing. I wish I had a chart that I look at regularly, actually, com- the, co- the effect of compounding, um, you know, financial compounding. And it is such a powerful, powerful tool. Um, I'm, uh, it will be a section in my financial seminar one day, <laughs> the power of compounding, because it's slow, it's boring, it's annoying, and you don't want to look at it every day. You might want to have a glimpse every year maybe, even though I do it probably every day. But, but this, it is such a powerful, powerful, powerful principle. And I mean financially, but even more spiritually. That compounding of years and, 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 and for those of you who don't, aren't sure what I mean, uh, you can have a session with Kieran after the service. He's a mathematician and he can explain to you the power of compounding on a whiteboard out there maybe. I didn't tee that up, but I'm sure he'd be happy to. I'm telling you, it's a really... I never knew that at school. I, I was a bit blasé in some ways in some of these principles, but now seeing the power of compounding over a decade, over two decades, it's spiritually that investment is so powerful. And so this morning we might take away, you know, a 0.001% or something like that in the spirit of something he speaks, but the Lord will compound that. He'll build on that. And during the week he'll build on that. And then he builds on a bigger foundation and a larger foundation and it gets until after you know, time we can see that if we don't make too many withdrawals and backsliding and, and areas, seasons in our life where we just let it all go, then that compounding can build even stronger. And so um, today I, I want to share um, a little bit about, because this is actually the same thing I'm going to share this afternoon at Odinga. This is really an in-between sermon for both campuses, right? So, um, and I, there's a couple of things I want to clarify just pastorally so that you understand exactly where we're at. Um, Aldinga for us is a completely unknown entity, all right? We don't know whether um, it's going to uh, be really uh, amazing and, and, and boom and we have to move into the gymnasium down there or, or whether it's going to be a small group that gathers, but... Um, you know, one thing that we've learned about the will of God and the favor of God is when things come together and they bolt together relatively easily and we're not having to push in the flesh, when there's, sort of, there's a flow, there's a unity, generally the anointing is there. And I think that's the case with Aldinga Church Plant. I'm realizing that his anointing is on it. And, um, and so what I've seen is that things have just come together, people have come together, um, there's a hunger, and we're not having to push anything or, or really do anything that's draining us, so to speak, but we're able to just flow. And, um, and so that's really our heart for Aldinga, is to see new believers, those who need refreshing, healing, those who need a touch of the Lord, um, all, the, all the things of our heart from here for generations poured out down there. And, um, and so um, we're really interested to see what God does. But um, for us, uh, Morfitt Vale is obviously the, the key center. Um, 
the family, my family will be down there this afternoon. So I just said to Karen, it's going to be a big, a big afternoon. So rest up this morning. But normally she'll be here at Morfitt Vale campus. This is still the main house for us. And Aldinga is, is a branch, if you like, uh, not to minimise it, but just to explain to you the practicalities. And um, over six months, 12 months, we'll obviously perhaps have some pastors dedicated to Aldinga, but we just want to wait on the Lord and see how he builds it, what he does. Um, and, um, and we need to ensure that we build rightly with our sons and daughters uh, and those who really carry the heart of the presence of God and, and, and the three things that I want to share about today. So um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can ask me. It's fine, not now, later. But, um, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a blessing. And you are welcome to come this afternoon. No, no problems with that. Um, all right. I want to pray just before I start, hey? Lord, we thank you that today you're going to speak to us. We pray that you'll speak clearly and loudly and a fresh word into our hearts. Lord, we receive what you have for us today and we ask that your spirit would place an unction on the words that we are to hear for ourselves. Lord, we pray that the investment that we're making today would be a good one. And we pray that your presence, your power, and your word would combine to bring an incredible recipe of the kingdom in and through us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's three things that I want to share today that are very obvious things. You know, when you look at organizations, churches, groups, footy clubs, businesses, all of these things normally have vision and core values. And um, it's been interesting in um, running a church, it's really interesting because what, what are your core values? I mean, ultimately, it's the Word of God and it's to love Jesus and evangelize and, and every church could really have the same thing. But um, today, what I want to do is express really three of the things that I think most of us would recognize organically, uh, th- uh, uh, things that really would, would describe Harvest Australia Church. And they are worship. The next one's family, kingdom family, if you like. And the third one is presence, the presence of God. So worship, family, and presence. And these three things I'm going to be sharing this afternoon to the guys down at Aldinga because it's really important that when we start a new work, things start on the same platform and inheritance that we now have, um, not on not forming its own head and its own sort of Um, things that don't actually fit with us because I have seen that with church plants. I've seen that with even businesses and franchises and things like that. Have you ever wondered why McDonald's has an incredibly strict franchise regime that they stick to and they manage it so tightly, so well? That's so that it doesn't matter where you go in the world. I have been to a few in, like in Shanghai and a couple that I wouldn't go to again. But, um, but uh, generally, you can go into a McDonald's anywhere in the world and you know the DNA of what you're going to get. Um, you know that you're gonna, a Big Mac is generally going to be a Big Mac. And the reason that is is because the board, the visionaries, have released that vision strongly and clearly through every single franchise. Now... Um, one would say, well, you know, you shouldn't do that in church because it's a franchise model and it's a world system, and and that's fine, I I get that. But at the end of the day, we need to be clear on what's our purpose. 
Why are we even going down there and why are we doing this? What are we doing? And so I suppose I felt like it was a really good clarifier today, even for us in, in here, the main campus, to really get an understanding of the three aspects of Harvest Australia Church that we won't let go. You know, you, you could say that these are three, I, I've heard a great older preacher quite often say, what are the things you're willing to go to the stake for? And, and maybe some young guys don't quite know what that means, but the stake is the place where uh, they used to get burnt for their faith. And so that these, are, these are maybe things that you are willing to go to the stake for, maybe not. But these are like the fundamentals that describe. And so worship and family and presence are three things that I think would describe us as a house and a family. And they're things that we wouldn't really want to let go. Now, of course, the Word of God and some of the fundamentals, the gospel, all of this stuff is just the foundation. We just take that for granted in a mainstream Christian church. But each of us and every family, you know this, your, your lounge room looks different than someone else. We all have a slightly different flavor. Um, but there, are, there is a thread that runs through us that we love worship. And I'll start with that. John chapter 4, 23, Jesus' words says, But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And this is a reminder to us from the word of God that we are to be a worshipping people. Worship looks different for each and every one of us. The songs that we sang this morning is just one expression of worship. I know for me, if that were it, it wouldn't be enough. If the Sunday morning, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, if that were just it, it wouldn't be enough to get me through. Um, worship is a real key for breakthrough. Worship is a real key when you're feeling dry. Worship is a real key when we don't know what to do. Why? Because we give him an offering of praise. We give him an offering of worship. Why? Because he's always worthy. And when we give him that offering of our hearts and that worship, we're lifting up our spirit to connect with his spirit. And there's a transaction that takes place that gives us power, gives us authority, gives us life. And so worship is a daily thing. Yes, it can be with offering. It can be with singing. It can be with whatever expression that your heart releases worship to him. But it's, a, it's, a, it's not a choice for Christians as to whether we want to be worshipers or not. It's an absolute essential. It's an essential. And so the posture of a worshipping Christian is a completely natural posture. It's something that we just become familiar with. It's like breath. It's like oxygen. We worship. Are you a Christian? Yes. Well, naturally, you're a worshipper. And how much you do that will depend completely on you. I've learned that, in fact, I was just sharing then about one of my friends who's now leading a, a huge church um, in fact, those two guys who are, who are in um, Franklin and Nashville, um, both of them are, are leading extremely prominent, some of the most prominent churches and, and ministries in that region. And, and this is gospel central, right? And yet these two Aussie guys are, are really, really prominent. I know them from the, the, the Baptist days where we went on Baptist youth camps, and I know what lit them up. It was worship. Worship 
lights us up. It gets us engaged with heaven. It gets us engaged in the journey and the relationship with Jesus. When we begin lifting him up, we might not even like some of the words. Hang on, it's worship. Just do it anyway. Now, of course, it's got to be right and honorable and all the right things. But, you know, over time, you hear people get really hung up on maybe one line in a song they don't like, and, and that's okay. But I don't think God cares that much if our spirits are lifting him up and lifting him high in worship. And so, you know, I think Paul brings such a great balance in, you know, it really doesn't matter the day and the Sabbath and this sort of thing, or he could have added all the line of the latest chorus or whatever else. Just worship him. Just worship him. And he loves our spirits connecting with him. So worship is a key. It's something that marks us. It's why in the supernatural school we want worship to be a part of that. And and this is something that um, we're going to further even explore um, in the coming um, times is how to deepen our worship and express our worship because the enemy really doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Why? Because he was the head worship leader in heaven. He knows the power and the authority behind worshiping believers. He knows when they get in the throne room, when they begin worshiping, things begin to break off them. Depression begins to not become such a big issue anymore because we become a bit heavenly minded for a while and we begin to take on righteousness and a heart of God and he begins to speak and refresh in us. So it's a really big key and it's something that we really want to encourage you guys and, and even in our lives, we want to encourage that, fuel that. And um, you know, you'll see that um, through various movements over time, Revival movements, renewal movements, these sorts of things. Worship has generally been an absolute key to the breakthrough. Sometimes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of worship. Why? Because believers begin to engage in a real relationship with Jesus. And they want to worship. They want to worship. They want to tell Jesus how much they love him. They want to lift up his name. Because there's some mystical element to worship that our heads can't comprehend, but our bodies and our spirits desperately need it. And so I think that um, we will see a new breed of worshipers rising up. New breed of worship, but also a new breed of worshipers. And I think you can actually look around the world now and you can see it already emerging around the world. And it's, it's so interesting when, when God begins to do that because he can connect easily with us in worship. Anyway, second one is family or perhaps better described kingdom family or maybe even better described apostolic kingdom family. Now, I know that's three words and family is just easier. So if that's all you can remember, just remember that. But we've got to remember that the Trinity is a family, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's the one who is left with us now because Father and Son are in heaven. Holy Spirit is the one, he's the advocate, counselor, he's the one who's been sent to us to help connect us with the Father and the Son. And when we, in fact, I'll read a scripture which probably describes this better. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one who connects us to the family of God. And that's why when we become born again, we're sealed with the deposit of the Spirit. It's the beginning of our salvation. It's not the end of our salvation. It's the beginning. And I could go off onto tangents on that. But the Holy Spirit seals us and he marks us. He gives us a birth certificate. And in another passage, it actually says, and, and then we receive our adoption as sons. The moment we become born again, or sons and daughters. Now, son, you cannot be a son and a daughter without being part of a family. Even if mum and dad are all over the shop, at some stage there was a conception that happened and you were created as a son or a daughter. And that's exactly what's happened in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is one massive family. And Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He released Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Holy Spirit was poured out at the beginning of an outpouring which still marked the end times, it hasn't ended yet. Holy Spirit is still moving. He's growing. He's releasing His presence all over the earth because He wants to pour out on all flesh, Acts chapter 2 says. We haven't seen that yet. But, you know, we're in that process now. And what He's doing is He's searching for sons and daughters. There's a whole lot of other verses I could, I could um, read regarding that, but I, I think this is, the, this is the key for us is that um, the apostolic kingdom family, what that really means is it's not a denomination, it's not, it's not any particular um, theology or anything like that. It's just saying that when we look at Ephesians 4.11 and you look at the five-fold ministry, and we'll, we'll just read that just so that we're really clear today. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man. And so we can see here that, uh, this is a really good model for us to look to and say, okay, Lord, apostolically we can see the apostles and the prophets and, and the teachings in the Word of God. But today we recognize some leaders are apostolic and they have a, have a leadership gift of the apostolic. We don't have to sign up. We don't have to do anything, but they, they are apostolic. And Roland and Heidi are a classic example of that. John and Caroline and, and for us, Wayne and Irene have been that to us, very, very strongly apostolically gifted. And it doesn't mean you just have to have a big ministry to be called an apostle because most apostolic leaders that I've met don't like being called an apostle. They probably don't want the persecution and the beatings that is a requirement of an apostle. Anyway, that's another, another sermon. But the, the thing is, it's not about a name. It's about a blessing in kingdom family which brings alignment. Because children on their own don't do so well. They need mothers and fathers to bring alignment to a family and discipline and correction and input and life and encouragement and affirmation and inheritance. And this is what we see through the apostolic fivefold gifts, through, through the apostles and the prophets. And again, people could get hung up on who's a prophet, who's not, who's an apostle. Look, it doesn't really matter. There are those who are prophets. There's a, there are those with a prophetic gifting. There's, there are some who have a prophetic gifting but aren't perhaps... Uh, they're, they're 20 years away from really being called a prophet. So, you know, there's all sorts of things we could draw here. But ultimately for us, kingdom family, 
looks like a strong apostolic model, but also a strong family model. And so us, as sons and daughters of the Most High, encouraging, building one another up, and some will be really good at teaching. And you know, it's funny that... um, some who really love teaching and really love rules and, and, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in order may not really get people who are really prophetic. And prophetic people will get frustrated with perhaps the really teachy people or people who will just want to pastor people all day and mercy everything and rah, rah, rah. Do you know what I mean? And, but it's for the building up of everyone. And when we learn apostolically to operate in a kingdom family with the apostolic, we know we've been blessed by the apostolic input and oversight of Wayne and Irene. My parents have been that for us at times. John and Carolina have certainly been that. James Gold has been that. Cheyenne's been that over the years. Roland and Heidi to an extent. And so you can see there that by us feeding on that and learning from them and even submitting our hearts to them, it's benefited the family. And this is a right way for kingdom family to operate. I believe it's the New Testament model for church. And, and I think that this is a really clear thing in the New Testament I think that when we recognize that sonship is for everyone, it's a spirit of sonship that we receive when we're born again, but then we learn how to operate as sons and daughters because maybe 20 or 30 or 40 years of our lives, we operated as orphans. We didn't know we were sons and daughters, but then we become born again and all of a sudden the light goes on. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And, you know, one of the great things, and I could read other scriptures that sort of back this up, but I, I, I don't want to go too long today. Uh, one of the great things about being a son or a daughter that an orphan doesn't get, and I'm not putting down orphans, I'm just saying we, we can all be sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter on our lineage or family history or any of that doesn't matter. The great thing about sons and daughters is they receive an inheritance. And you know what? You can never really earn an inheritance. Now, some might say, well, you know, uh, I had rules to, to get, make sure I was going to get my inheritance, finish university or whatever else. But ultimately, the Old Testament model, family models throughout generations and even throughout tribes in faraway lands, you can see that there is a lineage of inheritance that the next generation receives and it's free. It's free for sons and daughters. And this is the great thing about kingdom family is that we all receive the inheritance. Every single one of us receive. You might say, what's the inheritance? The inheritance is ultimately the knowledge of God and an intimate relationship with him. But it's also eternity with him. And then from now till then, we can partake of that inheritance in gifts, in operations, in all sorts of ways. And this is why I talk about compounding, because I think that it's really important that we learn that everything we're learning and doing in the kingdom of God is growing an investment. It's growing the kingdom in us and probably in those around us. And so kingdom family is is really, really powerful because it's something that I don't really believe I had grown up with or known about. And it's something that Wayne and Irene from, from Germany, um, who, who, if you don't know, we, someone will explain them to you. Um, but that they've been so pivotal for us in, in revealing to us that the kingdom of God looks like family. And what does that mean? It means there's a blessing on the house of God. It means that we flow in unity. There's still respect and honor. And of course, there's leadership and all those good things. But ultimately, it's, it's been a struggle for the church 
to really operate as a family. Sorry, that was too much water, but I'll have some more. Um, it's been a struggle for us to operate as a family because as time goes on, we have issues with one another. But how many of you know in your own family when you were kids, when you had issues with one another in the normal uh, setting or ideology of a family, what happens? Mum or dad would sit at the kitchen table, maybe have a family meeting and say, listen, we're going to sort this out. You know, child A and child B, let's work through this. Child B didn't say, I'm divorcing you now, I'm leaving this household and I'm going to find another family to live with. But we laugh, but how often do we do this? We do this so often. And, and you know, it, this, is, this is just one of these facets of family that we haven't really got. To be honest with you, I don't know if we leaders even know how to handle this thing. To be honest with you, because it's such a, a different way of thinking. It's like, whoa, okay. So how do we navigate through that? That's a whole nother sermon another day, but I just thought I'd throw a bomb out there. And you can sit on that all week and just explore that kingdom family. What does that really look like? And so we can see the spirit of sonship really clearly through Paul to Timothy. And he had others that he had that relationship with. But we can see the apostolic is also a fathering. And so Paul writes so dearly to Timothy and he so desires Timothy to be part of his ministry and, or see Timothy. You can see that fathering of him and he calls him his son. And this is a spiritual son. And so this is a, a lineage that Timothy's received an inheritance from an earthly spiritual father. And so this is an availability in the kingdom family. And um, so it's such a blessing. We're exploring it more and more and seeing that God's hand of blessing is really on it. Because there's, there's a sonship security that comes. The last one is presence. Um, Exodus 33, I read it a few weeks ago actually with Moses Um, Really, uh, in verse 15, chapter 33 of Exodus, Moses uh, says to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone else know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Have you ever been in a big crowd or at work or, you know, I don't know, you know, the royal show or a concert or uh, something like this with all sorts of people, maybe to theatre, um, you know, seeing a movie or, or whatever. You've been in a big group and you, you just get that little spiritual thought of, wow, I'm, I'm just one of the sheep. These people don't know I'm born again. There's no impact I can have right now. They're not falling out under the power of God just by looking at me. You know, uh, things aren't just dramatically happening wherever I go. And, um, and, and so what, what marks us as different? And this here, clearly, Moses gives us a key as to what is different but can also be different. See, Moses had already had encounters with God. He'd already had dramatic, you know, some signs and wonders. But then he goes back asking the Lord for more of his presence. And this, this is the real key, I believe, to helping release the other two things, family and worship is when we're hungry for his presence, and I don't just mean here on a Sunday, but when during the week or in in our hearts, we're hungry to connect with him. That's what I mean by that. Connect with him. Seek the intimacy of the Father and of Jesus and of Holy Spirit and, and maybe tangibly become on fire with his presence. Then 
we can, like Moses says, it will distinguish us from everyone else. And I'm not talking about every other Christian. It'll distinguish us when we're at the royal show because, you know, when there's something there, we'll just, we'll just know what to do at the right time. And maybe it's just go and have fun with your kids, but maybe it's help out that single lady who's struggling with 16 of her own or whatever else it might be. You know, um, I was in the shops the other day and, uh, you know, how you can do pay wave on your phone these days. You don't need credit card. You don't need... Who's brave enough to do that? Anyone else brave enough to do that? Iris, you are like a trendsetter. My goodness, you have Facebook, social media, everything. It's unbelievable. Um, but um, she's very young at heart, <laughs> very young at heart. I'm not game to do it, I'll be honest with you. I'm not game. Um, I'm, and I said to the kids, I, that one could be a real stretch for me. I don't know about that. But anyway, that's, you do it if you want to. You go for it. But anyway, so I was standing next to a lady and she's, she's doing it and it's not working. And I was thinking to myself, well, um, how do I help her out because she's trying to pay on her thing and I think in the end it ended up working I walked out the store and say wow it's going to be a whole new challenge if you want to pay for someone when you're at the shops if we don't even know what technology to use like should I pay you in cash or we don't even have that anymore do you card or iPhone or iPad or you know where do you swipe you know it's it's like it's a whole different quandary but but what what I'm saying in that is I have no clue what I'm saying but what I'm saying is when we take the presence of God with us, we look different, we sound different, and you know what? We're going to know how to operate rightly and differently when the times come. One thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit after six years of senior pastoring and doing many services and preaching and ministry times and prayer meetings and all conferences and everything is the Holy Spirit only drip feeds. Do you get what I mean by that? He only drip feeds. It's so annoying sometimes, especially to someone like me who I like having things a little bit in advance and planned out, and that's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a good thing, and it's some people's gifts more than others. But what I mean by that is he will give us what we need today. He won't necessarily give us everything for next week. And I don't mean he won't give us plans and prophetic words and things. Of course he gives that. But, you know, I know, for example, in flowing in the word of knowledge and the prophetic and things like that, I like to spend a little bit of time, maybe during worship or, or just before I get up, and ask the Lord, okay, I want three minimum. I want three minimum words of knowledge, and then I'll, then I'll release that. And that's my comfort zone saying, okay, three's a, a good session of word of knowledge. If I only have one, it's like, wow, I'm just going to give one. And what if he doesn't give me any more after that? But this is how Holy Spirit operates. He drip feeds because he, he gives us a little bit to pull us in. And then he gives us a little bit more when we step out in faith. And this is what the presence of God is like sometimes. When we begin to release the presence of God, walk in the presence of God, he drip feeds a little more, drip feeds a little more. He gives us every day what we need. And, but sometimes Sometimes we're wanting like a bank full of it. And I haven't known that to be the case. Maybe some of you have. But what I've known is, is the drip feeding uh, syndrome, if you like. And it's a syndrome because it's not something I love because it does require stretching and it requires faith. But it's a good thing. And actually, sometimes when we're stepping out of our comfort zone, a little bit nervous, not quite sure what to do, the presence of God is a little bit stronger because he loves our weakness. He loves our weakness. 
He really does. Because when we recognize that when, we, when we're self-aware enough to say, I'm really weak in this area, but I need your presence. This is what Moses is doing. He's dying down in the flesh and he's saying, I don't want to go without your presence. I don't want to go to university. I don't want to go to my job. I don't want to even have that meeting without, with the boss. I don't want to start this new avenue of life. I don't want to do this new thing without your presence. Because your presence is the thing that's going to keep me on track, keep me aligned, keep me strong, keep me fresh, keep me positive rather than getting heavy and negative, keep me full of life. And so this is one of the keys of Harvest Australia Church, the presence of God. It's a difficult thing as a pastor to navigate. And this has been a really interesting study. I've talked a lot actually to James Gold via email this week about this very issue uh, because, you know, he's really kind of crazy at some meetings, isn't he? For those of you who have heard him, I mean the whole gambit. And then at other meetings, he's just straight up and down into teacher mode. And so, you know, he can pretty much, you know, throw a ball in any direction. But what, what we are learning is to carry the presence, is to know how to operate in the anointing in season and out of season. In conference and out of conference, in other words. In the great times and out of the great times. When someone's being really amazing to us and when someone's offending us. If we can only operate in the presence and the gifts and flowing in the spirit, when everything's rolling perfectly and everyone's doing what we want them to do, then we are a very immature presence carrier. The jar is really empty and small. And so this is the, the, the season I believe we're in. We're stretching forth the tent pegs down to Aldinga and, and there'll be a whole new dynamic there. Uh, he, he will continue to grow this house and we're continuing to ask the Lord for uh, new ways to reach out into our community. But that will require us to be mature presence carriers that can carry the presence of God in season and out of season. Why? So that people will be able to distinguish, not that you're the brand of Harvest Australia Church, because honestly, who cares about the brand? But that people will be able to see, there is something different about you. I find it interesting, just as I finish with this, um, Karen and I like some of the renovation shows, and Karen more than me, but I'm getting into them. It's good. And it's interesting watching some couples flipping houses. You know, they're doing the houses, doing them up and selling them. I know that's a really American term, flip houses, but you'll get right into it in the next year. That's how it happens with Americanisms. Um, but God bless America. <laughs> but um, I've realized, it, just as a real random thought, it's incredible the amount of people that actually listen to your podcast in all sorts of locations. <laughs> Because I get the feedback sometimes. It's like, oh, wow, I've got to remember where people are listening to a podcast. Anyway, so um, where was I going with that? I'm going to need some help just to get back on the... Right, Renault shows. Okay, so we, we watch these Renault shows and there's, there's different couples who flip houses and do this sort of stuff. And there's one particular couple that Karen just loves them. I mean, loves them. And, um, and, and she, I'm saying, so what, what's so good about these guys? But she's saying, honestly, they have such a positive spirit toward one another that she, she loves watching that. And I said, actually, I th I'm pretty sure they're born again. And so I've been watching out for little fish crosses or what, what, on, their, on their 
bracelets or something like that. And actually, I think we've sussed it out, I think. And they're from Nashville, which is, you know, epicenter of Christendom in the US. But, and so I'm pretty sure they are born again. But it's been interesting to watch and see they are different. Anyone who watched flip shows can guess the couple. Oh, Steph can. I, kn- I knew she would. Anyway, it's really, really interesting to be able to see the kingdom of God is in them. It's in them. And you can see it. The presence of God is on them. And it's different. It tastes different. It smells different. And there's a positivity about it. Do you know what? There's a victory about it. There's a victory about it. There's an overcoming spirit when other people in the the work cubicles might be sort of having a go and really sort of pulling the boss down and this sort of stuff. And of course, he's going to do wrong things. The bosses always do. I stand up for bosses all the time. But, But at the end of the day, it's a really, really, really good test of the heart. Do you walk in the kingdom of God or do you walk in the kingdom of the world? Do you you have the Beatitudes flowing through you? Because the presence of God will bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them to life. They're not just words on a paper. The presence of God will bring them to life. And when there's that angst in the office, you will be the presence carrier. You will be the life, the positivity. And so these three things are really paramount. Pray into them. Ask the Lord to to help you operate in them bigger and better and clearer than ever before. And this year, we are going to see some quite amazing things. We're going to see, obviously, expansion and growth and some stretching. Uh, But in that, when the family family grows up even more, it's an incredible thing. Karen and I are learning that. You get extra people washing the dishes and vacuuming. It's awesome. Um, But you know, but the sons and daughters rise higher and bigger and better, and, and there's, a, there's a spirit of authority and excitement that rises in our hearts. And so that's what he's doing in 2016. Stan, I just want to pray for us. Thanks. Lord, we thank you for the kingdom, apostolic, family of presence-loving worshippers that you've given us here at Harvest Australia Church. I thank you for your, the head, the great apostle who stands above us, who gives us some wisdom and some counsel and some input to know how to operate rightly here on the earth. And Lord, I pray today that you would fill us with a spirit of sonship and daughtership that would recognize in us how much of an inheritance we have right before us. And Lord, I pray that you would fill us with wisdom and counsel and your glory and your presence and signs and wonders. And you'd give us so many practical ways to release the kingdom family and the presence of God to those around us. Lord, we pray for this whole region. We pray that you would do something significant in the Onkaparinga region and beyond. Lord, we pray that you would bless our leaders, bless our councils, bless our politicians, bless those making decisions. Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom, that you would give the churches great love and authority and input into those uh, people. We pray that you'd give us the, the right avenues to bless them when we can. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would move mightily in this region. This whole southern region would be consumed with the fiery love of Jesus. And Lord, we, we dare to dream. We dare to dream that you would take over this region.
We dare to dream that you would shut down things that are ungodly. We dare to dream that you would make your name famous in the public schools. We dare to dream that you would release politicians into parliament from this region. We dare to dream that you would consume the churches and the leaders and the believers, Lord, with a new fire and a unity and a love for Jesus. And Lord, we ask today that you'd fill us with a fresh awakening of your weighty presence. Because we want to look different. We want to look different. We cry out as Moses cried out. Lord, we don't want to go. We don't even like work on Monday mornings unless your presence goes with us. And maybe a little bit of coffee too. But Lord, we pray, send your Holy Spirit wherever we go. We want to move with you. We want to be filled with you. We want fresh anointing every day. We want fresh oil every day as the widow did. Lord, keep topping up our jar. Not so that we can look good or sound good or promote ourselves, but so that people would be able to tell, wow, you have something different. I need that. So that we would be distinguished with a spirit of God. Just hold hands with the person next to you. I want to just do a corporate prayer today. I can't pray for everyone. I've forgotten my peppermint oil. <laughs> but anyway, that's the thing I get from Wayne, Wayne Negrini. He, it's an awesome trick for anyone praying for anyone else. Use peppermint oil. <laughs> anyway, Lord, we pray that today would be a significant day for every single one of us. We're all your children. We're all your sons and daughters. And we pray that there would be an apostolic family release on this house in a fresh new season for maturity in the prophetic, maturity in signs and wonders, maturity in love, in helping others, in releasing the gift that you have on our life. Lord, we pray for the fire of your presence to burn in us, to be released in us, that new gifts would be fanned into flame. Lord, that people would be able to drink of things that you've placed within us without agenda without agenda, without other things, without immaturity, without trying to pull on things that aren't there. But Lord, that you would release heaven through us. And Lord, we cried as Moses cried out. Lord, we say we don't really want to do too much in church and out of church and at work and in study and in family and relationships and every other realm of life unless your presence goes with us. So Holy Spirit, we pray, release fresh presence today. Thank you, Lord. Fresh presence, fresh fire. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we receive it right now, whether we can feel it or not. We receive it by faith or by feeling. Fresh anointing today. Fresh presence today. And Lord, we pray that whatever we're doing today, we would be carriers. Carriers. Carriers and releases. Carriers and releases. And we pray for Harvest Australia Church that even in this new season, there'd be an expansion. Lord, that we would be able to release the love of the Father on this region as never before. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we just want to bless you today. And um, remember those three things. You might want to write them in your journal because we'll keep coming back to them. Practice them. Activate them. And um, if you're coming down to Aldinga, love to see you there. And uh, it's going to be an awesome afternoon. If you're not, enjoy some flipping shows or something tonight and, and, and have fun. 
And we bless you this week. If you want to sign up for Supernatural School, you can do it right now. There's a table in the foyer. Go and sign up. Really encourage you to join. It's going to be an amazing term. You won't want to miss out. Bless you.